0: Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. We made it through the storm. We suffered through the, the extreme weather of three-quarters of an inch of slush, and we're here. I woke up this morning, and, uh, you know, actually before I opened the window, I was alerted to a, an extreme weather warning. And uh, and then I saw you know a variety of different friends who were like just make sure everyone knows we've canceled church today and I was like man it must be crazy out there and I opened my windows and looked at my green grass and thought oh I forgot to mow it. It's unbelievable. It was un- unreal just the extreme weather that we had to work through to get here. So you guys ought to give yourselves a hand. That was amazing. <clears throat> I was like, man, someone send help. It's funny like here on the West Coast, right? <laughs> it's pretty pathetic. All of Canada were so they're like, I don't know what to do. It's snowing, you know. Amazing. It was kind of snow. It wanted to be snow. It was trying. it dreamed of being snow, but it was just slush. And here we are, guys. Amazing. Great to see you today. You made it here. I don't know what you had to fight through to get here, but you're here and you're looking great too, which I know just didn't happen natural. You didn't just roll out of bed looking this good. So good job give yourselves a hand. Amazing to be here today with you. It is 2020 and uh, we're excited to be together. If we've never met before. My name is Justin. My wife Jennifer and I are the pastors of Vivid. We have three locations. So we just came from New West. We're here downtown. Tonight we'll be in Kits, and uh, we are so excited and and just really blessed about the team of people here at our downtown location. If you're on the team here, give yourself a hand. You really should. It's amazing. We roll in this morning, and this is just an empty room, and uh, everyone works together so that we can actually, uh, you know, prepare a place where God would dwell. That's what the Bible says. That where, where people gather, God dwells. And, and the Bible's pretty, pretty keen on this, that, that we put effort forward and that, that we do what we can with excellence so that, you know, this is a place where God dwells. And where, where God is, things change. In fact, the Bible puts it this way. Where His Spirit is, there's freedom. So there wasn't freedom. Then God's spirit enters a place, and all of a sudden there is freedom. How many people know God can change some things? Okay. We're going to convince the rest of you. It's going to be amazing. You just want, like, like put up your hand if you believe God can change things. I just want to say watch this space. Whoever's got your hand up, watch this space. Because they are a living example that God changes things. You, you don't know how they were a year ago maybe. You, you don't know. In a year from now, man, only God knows all the changes that will take place. Today, I want to continue on in a series of messages around this simple theme of tomorrow. Can you turn to the person beside you and say, Tomorrow? Oh, man, let's be honest. We did not say that like we meant it. Can you turn to the person on the other side? Come on, from the, you know, from really from the bottom of your heart. Can you say, Tomorrow? Tomorrow. Awesome. It, it, it's like preparing for an audition, right? You're like, Tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. Isn't it funny how every word sounds funny if you repeat it enough times? Tomorrow. <laughs> That's a weird word. Tomorrow. If you're taking notes, jot this down on your page. Don't borrow from tomorrow. Don't borrow from tomorrow. We're rhyming. 2020, new year, new me. We're going with rhymes this year. Don't borrow from tomorrow. You know, I think there are too many people who live in a deficit and they're indebted to their future. They live constantly in debt to the future. The Bible says this uh, of that type of living. In in the book of Proverbs, uh, if you have your Bible, you could turn with me to Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 12. We'll start here today and we'll pray and then I wanted to share three simple thoughts about tomorrow. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 12 says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred or only being happy when something else changes in the distant future, that type of living makes your heart sick. And there are too many people who are living in deficit to tomorrow. They're saying, like, I hate today, and if everything falls together well, then tomorrow will get better. But what happens is over time, it just, like, it sickens your heart to live that way. And then the Bible says this, that a longing fulfilled is like a tree of life. I really do believe that God wants to meet us in the present and begin to feel, fulfill the longing that we have that we could live in in the fruit of the the tree of life that we could live sustained by and nourished by the the fulfilling of longing that God would do in the present and there's something about a tree it endures are you with me a tree has seasons but a tree endures and the bible says this that a longing fulfilled is like a tree of life meaning through seasons it will endure and over time it'll continue to endure and the amazing thing about a tree that's that's cared for is you continue to be nourished by it while it continues to grow i think that That's what it feels like when God is fulfilling your desires, where when he is the focus of your hope, you are nourished today, sustained today, and it continues to grow and grow. And so let's not borrow from tomorrow. Let's pray and dive in. Jesus, we thank you so much that your presence is here. I believe that you have a word for us in this season. I think you have a word for Vivid Church right here, right now. For the people in this room, the people listening later on a podcast, there is a word for us today. I pray that we would take it and apply it to our lives and see the effectiveness that takes place through obedience. In your name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. I don't want to live with deferred hope. I don't want to live just just hoping one day at some point, at some time, things will be better. I want to learn to find Jesus here. I want to challenge you and and commission you, if you will, to this simple thought. Let's live 2020 ridiculously present. Like crazy, over-the-top, attentive, in-the-moment, getting everything we can out of today, crazy present. Let's not let time pass us by. Let's not live so conscientious about about the discouragement from our past or the worries about our future that we miss this moment right now, what a gift today is. You know, God reveals himself in Scripture this way, uh, through through this simple name, I am. Now, he could have said I I was because that's true. And he could have said, I will be, because that's also true. Those two things are true about God. He always was, and he always will be. But the way he chose to reveal himself is this. Like, if you want to call me by a name, call me this way. I am. In other words, right here, right now. In the midst, right now. You say, well, I'm going through some stuff, and God is there with you. Present. Why should we be ridiculously present? Because present is where God is. Why would we choose to be anywhere where God has said, I, I'm not revealing myself, that I'm revealing myself as being present. Let's be ridiculously present this year. Like, like highs and lows, ridiculously present. I, I want to I show three areas that we can borrow from tomorrow. All three, I think, rob our present of the, of the, the power that it can have. Number one, let's not borrow tomorrow's worry. Let's not borrow tomorrow's worry. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is talking about a life that is free from worry. Check this out. Matthew chapter 6, giving you a moment to get there so that we can follow along together. Let's be honest, I'm giving myself a moment to get there and just filling in the minute. Here we go. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 says this, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life or what you'll eat, what you'll drink, or about your body and what you'll wear, is not life more than food? And is not your body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't reap or sow or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Okay, that's a rhetorical question, but I'm actually going to ask it and I want, I want you to answer it. Get ready. Can any one of you, by worrying, add an hour to your life? Okay, I'm going to ask again because some people aren't sure. You're like, "Ah, I'm still kind of weighing it out. You know, I'm trying this worrying thing on. It's kind of my New Year's resolution. Worry a little more. See if it adds some time. Listen, this is not just a, a rhetorical question. I think we need to answer it. Can any one of you, by worrying, add an hour to your life? Okay, then let me pause it this way. Can any one of you, by worrying, waste an hour of your life? We have, we've all done it. In other words, we are giving our attention to something that only has the potential to rob from us. It has no potential to add to us. It has no ability to add value to our life. The only, at best, it's neutral, but, but it always incessantly robs from us and steals the present from us. So Jesus says, don't worry. About tomorrow. Goes on to say this. And why do you worry about your clothes? Come on, somebody. This is for someone you're like, wow, the Bible really does talk just to me. That message was just for me. Why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. So don't worry, saying, what shall I eat or what shall I drink or what shall I wear? For pagans run after such things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Let's not borrow tomorrow's worry. You know, worry is both a noun and a verb. Jesus chooses to exemplify worrying by pretty simple things, food and clothing. Like, like these are basic necessities to life. Jesus is saying, yes, these are are worries, but you don't have to worry about them just because they're worries. Do you follow that? Like, it's a noun. Yeah, it's something you have to think about, but you don't have to worry about something. Just because you had to think about something. I mean, Jesus could say this. Hey, I don't want you to worry about the potential of an extraterrestrial invasion that somehow, you know, eliminates seed-bearing crops. I just don't, don't even worry about it. <laughs> Some of you now are now like, oh, now I have to worry about that. Never thought of that before. He, he's not saying this, cr- like, way out there thing that, that you're anxious about. He says, I don't want you to be anxious about basic, simple necessities. Just because it's a worry, just because it's a thing you should think about, doesn't mean you need to give yourself to worrying about it. Because not one of us can add value to our life through worry. So I want to challenge this. Let's be ridiculously present saying, today has its own worries. How many people know today has enough worries of its own? Come on, today has its own issues. Today has its own problems. Let's not live always in the future trying to solve problems that haven't even come up yet. Yesterday, uh, Yesterday, we, as a family, we went uh, out to celebrate my son Titus. He turns 12 this week. And, uh, and so in our family, when it's someone's birthday, they get to pick like an event that they're going to do and a restaurant they're going to go to. And he picked this like indoor jungle gym kind of thing that all the kids could run around and play with. And, and, and there's things to climb and things to slide down. And, and then there's like these ninja games and, and, and trampoline. Like this whole thing is great. And as we were pulling up to this event, pulling up to celebrate his birthday, something went pretty significantly wrong with our vehicle. Like a lot of noise coming from under the hood. And I don't know about you, I'm not much of a car guy, and uh, so I popped the hood, and it sounded like our, our vehicle instantaneously turned into a, a riding lawnmower or, or like like a, a really loud Harley-Davidson, and it's just not supposed to make that noise. Lawnmowers are great for what they are. Harley-Davidson's are great for what they are. SUVs aren't supposed to sound like those things. And uh, so I got on my VR, I popped the hood. I'm like, oh, man, it could be like a, a piston wire, I guess. There's no such thing as a piston wire, just so you know. And I'm like, man, I, I, like, that is not a sound that I should be hearing. But it's a sound I've heard before. Like It's a sound of like when a, when a motor might need a complete and utter rebuild. And instantly, in the midst of a, a party... My mind is going through scenarios. I'm, I'm turn off the vehicle. I'm on YouTube. I'm like listening to people's YouTube videos. Like, does your car sound like this? I'm like, uh, no, not exactly that one. Like, I, I'm, I'm going there, and, and my kid's like, whoa, that sounds bad. Can we go play? Something we could learn from kids, eh? Like, just to live in the moment. That sounds terrible, Dad. Can we go play now? And, uh, and in the midst of this party, I'm worried. And I go immediately into this. I, I am like pricing out what does a rebuilt engine on a 19-year-old vehicle cost? And I, I'm weighing out the assessment like cost to value. What's this vehicle worth? Well, I need nine seatbelts. What can I find with nine seatbelts? What, what's used? Is there, is there like a repo, a site somewhere that I can find used vehicles? I'm going there in my mind. And then I had to pause. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm preaching about worry tomorrow. What am I doing? Like there is nothing that happens today that I can't, can't figure out tomorrow. Why would I miss the moment of celebrating my son in order to worry about the what-if scenarios? Why, and, and I just determined then, yesterday evening, I'm like, tomorrow's Sunday? That's the Sabbath. There's nothing happening on Sunday we can't solve on, on Monday. We'll figure it out then. Like, for now, we're going to go get some IKEA hot dogs because that's what he wanted to eat. It's amazing. I'm telling you, Titus, he's a cheap date in this way. He's like, IKEA hot dogs. That's amazing. And uh, I might have planted that idea in his head. How good would an IKEA hot dog be for one dollar? It'd be amazing. Because I might have to buy a rebuilt motor. It would be amazing. So we were feasting on IKEA hot dogs, and I thought, you know, I'm gonna solve it. I'm gonna solve it when I solve it today. Has its own worries. Today we have some things to. do. And guess what? We live in this. Like the transit strike is over. We could take the bus. So this morning we got up early. We took the bus to church. Like, like what? What would I? value myself by worrying over a weekend about a problem we'll have to solve later. I looked under the hood later. It looks like one of the spark plugs blew right through the ignition coil and pulled some things out. I think it's fixable. Might not need a a whole rebuild. But if it does, we'll solve that when we get there. In the meantime, I'm not going to miss being present with the people of God worrying about a mechanical issue tomorrow. Jesus is saying this, man, there's worries. Every day has its own troubles. And when you borrow from tomorrow's worry, you find yourself getting there only to realize you didn't worry about the right things anyway. See, here's the thing about worrisome people. Anybody say, like, if if you're left to your own devices, you might be a worrier? You're like, I'm not a worrier. I'm a worrier. Come on. Put your hand up. You're a worrier. Like, you have all of the, the, the tools needed to be a person of incredible faith. Seriously, because your imagination is wild. You think through scenarios others would never think of. Your what-ifs are elaborate and and colorful and and, and full of detail. But what if this happens and then that happens and then this happens and then I react that way and then they respond that way? You have this incredible imagination. The Bible says that that you could actually, if you choose to, you can turn that type of thinking towards faith. Well, you'd say instead of what-if, worst-case scenario, what-if? like a God who supplies for all my needs, what if he were just to meet that need? Then what would I do? And then I would do this, and then they'd respond, that'd be amazing. And then you turn that imagination into a prayer and say, God, can you do that thing? And the Bible says this in Ephesians, that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask for or even imagine. So if you're a warrior, you actually can become a warrior. You turn that imagination towards the, the, the things that God can do and begin to ask him in prayer. And the Bible says this, seek first his kingdom. There's so many people are like, I'm just so busy with, with, with the, like the things that are going on now. I don't have time. I got things to worry about. And they miss out on, on putting God first, not only in value, but I believe in linear fashion as well. God is not only to be first in in value, he's supposed to come first in sequence. Can you follow me on that that thought? Not only first in value, God, you're going to get the best of my time one day in the future, but God, you get the first of my time as well. You're not just first in value, you're first in sequence. Don't borrow from tomorrow's worry. Number two, let's not borrow from tomorrow's worth. If you're taking notes, write that down. I don't want to borrow from tomorrow's worth. Man, it's one thing to to kind of get over this worry, but in the book of James, chapter four, if you could turn there with me, James, chapter four, uh, he says this about our future or about our tomorrow. James, chapter four, in verse thirteen, he says, "Now listen." You who say today or tomorrow, we will go do this or go to that city, we'll spend a year there, we'll carry on business, and then we'll make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? It's it's like a mist. It appears, and then after a little while, it vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live, and we'll do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, then it's sin for them. Let's not borrow from tomorrow's worth through boasting. This is throughout the Scripture. It says this, this statement, don't boast about tomorrow. See, here's what this looks like. It's saying in the future, I'll be richer, I'll be smarter, I'll be better, I'll be more well off. I will have actualized my talents. I will be the best picture of me. And then, then look out. Oh, when I have more money, I'm going to be so generous. No, you won't. Like if you know what to do now and you can't do it, that is what the Bible calls sin. You're missing the mark now. And you can't think that external circumstances will turn you into the person you want to be then. It just does not happen that way. So busy now building my career, but once my career is where it wants to be, oh, the kid my kids are going to get the best version of me. No, they won't. No, they won't. If you can't give them the best version of you right now, they're not going to get it then. External circumstances aren't going to change that. That's boasting about tomorrow. He goes so far as to say this, don't boast about your your plans. You're like, hold up, I'm supposed to be so present that I don't even make a plan, no. Now he says this: Instead, include God in that plan. He says, like, instead of saying, I'm going to go here, then I'm going to do that, then I'm going I'm to go to this city, I'm going to do this. These are my dreams. Say, like, I, I want to do these things. And if God wants me to do these things, whoo, it's going to be great. But if God's not in those things, I don't want those things. Like, if God's not there, why would I want to go there without him? See, boasting, by definition, in the original Greek here, it means self-confidence. And we get praised for being self confident, don't we? Just like we get praised for worry, by the way. Life of worry. Sometimes we go, wow, you're so conscientious, worried about all the potential problems that could happen in the future. It's amazing. What a responsible person you are. And Jesus, is like, did it add to your life? But we also get, get praised for this self confidence. I will do this. I will achieve my dreams. I will grow my life. I And he's saying this, instead of self-confidence, exchange it for God-confidence. If God's with me, who knows what, it's going to be amazing. Like, if God's with me, I'm going to make a difference. If God's with me, I'm going to make a change in this world. If God's with me, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to see these plans. If God's not with me, who am I to say? But in the meantime, I'm going to be the person that God has called me to be, Well, my life is still small. This is an overvaluing of bigness. This, like, I can't wait until lifestyle overvalues the bigness of what it must feel on the other side of this barrier. I can't wait to graduate high school. Because on the other side of that invisible barrier, oh, life must be so big and wonderful, and without any worry or problem, and everything, colors must must be brighter, and smells must be more vibrant, and tastes must be better, and then you get there only to find out life is still life. Oh, I can't wait until I finally get that job that makes me feel like I matter, and then you're showing up at work saying, I still feel Empty. Can't wait till I retire and I no longer have to go to that job that makes me feel like I matter. And then you're waking up at the same time going, What am I going to do today? You see, we, we borrow tomorrow's worth. We say, Tomorrow I'm going to feel different. When I feel different, I'll act different. No, you won't. Act different now, the feelings will follow. Make the right decisions now. The feelings will follow. See, tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Tomorrow also has enough worth of its own. But so does today. There's so much value in doing the right thing when it's small. In doing the right thing when no one notices. Like, oh, man, tomorrow I'm going to have influence. And once I have influence and eyes are on me and people are watching me, then I will live with character and integrity. No, you won't. Like, make those decisions Now, while life is small, we overvalue bigness. We see bigness wrong. We think that God praises big, but God was always focused on the small. Do you notice that? He's always focused on the least, the the less than, the least, the unexpected. In fact, he says this, that God uses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And he uses the weak things of the world to shame the strong. In other words, God plus weakness is strength. God plus smallness is enormous. And, and, And so don't Borrow tomorrow's worth once I finally achieve that goal. In our in our family, and the longer you are around me, you're gonna hear me say this over and over and I don't care. <laughs> it's not like that's old content. This is life content. We've just determined we do not live with the statement, I can't wait until. Because you have to. So I can't wait. Yeah, you, you can actually. You got it. So you can burn these hours. I can't wait until our next vacation. But you actually have to wait until your next vacation. So, so don't live rot, like borrowing tomorrow's worth. Once I'm on vacation, then I'll be rested. Rest now. You know, once I get that thing I've been saving for, then I'll feel like I matter. Figure out that you have worth now. We've just, like, I don't know if my kids have ever said the phrase, I can't wait until. It's like just, it's out of bounds because you can wait. Why would we be proud of our lack of patience? The Bible says patience is a virtue that comes from being with the spirit of God. The more I spend time with God, the more patient I become. Why would I ever be like, guess what? You know what I lack? (laughs) Patience. It would be like, hey, guys, guess what? I really lack joy. Don't have any of it. It's all just one gaping big hole. It's a mess. There's there's, there's, there's no hope. But uh, I'm pretty proud of that. (laughs) <laughs> like walk around, you know what I lack? I love nothing. See, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Imagine if we walked around saying, I am so unkind. I can't help it. It's just the way I am. New year, new me, unkind. No, 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 no. We would, we would fix that problem. So if you have a waiting problem, fix that problem. Don't borrow from tomorrow's worth. I don't want to borrow from tomorrow's worry. Today has enough worries of its own. I don't want to borrow from tomorrow's worth because today has enough worth of its own. Even if your income is small, even if your influence is small, even if your career is not yet actualized, even if you're not living your best life yet, start. Don't borrow from tomorrow's worth and think, once I get married, oh, man, I'm going to be a great person then. No, you won't. You just won't. Number three, number three, let's not borrow from tomorrow's wonder. Let's not borrow from tomorrow's wonder. Today actually has a lot of wonder of its own. If you have your Bible, turn to the book of Lamentations. Oh, we're doing new things this year, guys. Looking up a book you've never looked up before, Lamentations. Let's get there, Lamentations chapter 3. And, uh, and, and look what it says here, Lamentations Chapter 3. For some of you, you just achieved your New Year's resolution. Doing something new this year. Lamentations chapter 3. Look at verse 22. It says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope. In him and to the ones who seek him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of your Lord. And it's good for a man to bear the yoke while he is still young. Let's not borrow from tomorrow's wonder. It's good for us to wait. Like waiting is not just the pain we have to endure. It's good for us to wait. I think in life we often want the reward we want the payout. We just don't want the pain that it takes to get there. Can we be honest? Is, is like All waiting is kind of painful, right? I don't know anyone who's like, oh, man, the waiting room was packed. It was amazing. Yeah. Or you go to one of those places where they give you a number, and you're like, oh, my number's so big. And the number on the screen's so small. Like when you're renewing your passport. Oh, so exciting, exhilarating, right? Like D14, and it's on A7. Oh, God. Like, does anyone love it? waiting's painful. Waiting's painful. We don't pick long lines. How many people are like, traffic? Oh, it's just what I wanted. Like, like we we're trying to find the quickest and easiest way to get the things we want to get. And it can happen in life where we think: if I can just just experience the wonder of tomorrow, if I can just get the payoff, but if there's some way to do it without the pain, and the Bible says this, it is good. To bear the, the weight of the yoke while you're young. Here's the picture it's giving. Like, like, do today well. Rewards are on the other side. Like, like, bear the burden of today well. Don't just try to cash out and get the payoff. And we do this all the time. Like, I want the, the reward that comes with intimacy. I just don't want the pain that comes with covenant. So if I could just get the payoff, please... If there's some way that I could just get the wonder of tomorrow, that sounds amazing. Can I do that without the pain of commitment? I want the wonder of feeling understood. Is there a way to do that without the pain of communication? Because if I could do that, count me in. I want the wonder that comes with blessing. Is there any way to get that blessing without obedience? Because if there's a shortcut, sign me up. I don't like waiting. Are you following me? I want the wonder of, of honor and influence. I just don't want the, the pain of hard work. So, a way that I can just get elevated? And the, the Bible's saying this, like, it's good for us to wait quietly. Because guess what? Today has enough wonder of its, of its own. Like, that will be good then. But this is pretty good now. Because guess what? While you slept last night, God was awake all night thinking about you. The Bible says he doesn't sleep or slumber. All night long while you rested, God was awake thinking about you. And this morning when you woke up and you saw a a, a extreme weather warning, oh, I don't know what I'm getting into today. God was thinking about you and he lavished his love on you and his compassion was new every morning and his mercy towards you is new. That's pretty wonderful like, yeah, but if I could just get the feeling of what it must feel. I think sometimes we assume that people who have the thing we want feel a different way than we feel, right? Oh, it must feel so good to be rich. And that people who are, who are rich to you are like, oh, it must feel so good to be, feel rich because they don't feel rich either. It's crazy. Like enjoy the wonder of today. Let's not rob tomorrow of its wonder. I just think there's so many people we're living in a deficit to tomorrow and we get there to find it wasn't what we wanted anyway. And that is what disillusionment feels like. You're like, man, new year. It's going to be my year. And then you wake up, January 2020, you're like, I feel the same. Do you guys remember there's this old movie called Forever Young? You know what I remember? Early 90s movie, Mel Gibson, Jamie Lee Curtis, Forever Young. Spoiler alert. I mean, the movie is... 30 years old, so I don't feel super bad giving away the ending. Spoiler. In this movie, Mel Gibson, one of the, the, the protagonists of the movie, his, his the love of his life is in a coma, and the doctors say she has no hope. And so he, it's a sci-fi movie, he, uh, he, he goes into like a cryogenic chamber. He's like, I just want to fast forward a year. I don't want to go through the pain of grief. I just want the payoff of getting over it. I just want the payoff of healing. I don't want to go through the pain of grief. And then tragedy strikes, and unfortunately, he's asleep for like 50 years. And, and while he's asleep, she actually recovers, and she goes on to live her whole life without him. And he wakes up to discover that, that, the, that the pain would have been worth it. I just think that happens a lot in life where we're like, if I could just fast forward, just get through and get past this, and, and then, I'll, then I'll enjoy like, there's people, I'm just so busy, don't have any time for the Lord, don't have any time for community, friendship, it's crazy. I had to work 47 hours last week. Like, cool. You still have 121, you know that, right? Like, there's 168 hours in a week. It's a lot of hours. Now, I used to argue with people, like, I'm so busy. I'm like, no, you're not. Let's compare. You think you're busy? I slept less than you. I grinded harder than you, <laughs> you know? But I've come to to mature to this point. If someone feels they're too busy for essential things, then they're too busy. And cut some things. Like that's what it is to seek first the kingdom. I'm just too busy for relationships. God really values relationships. If you don't have time, cut something. Don't cut the thing that God says he values because that's not seeking first his kingdom. Can we just be ridiculously present this year? Today has enough worries of its own, but God has enough grace to help us through it. Today has enough worth of its own if we can learn to see in the small what God sees. And today has enough wonder of its own because God's here. And while you were resting, getting to tomorrow, God was waiting through the night thinking about you, pouring out new love and new mercy. God has enough mercy for whatever you might face today. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.